0: There are many people that are fond of saying that the states are the laboratories of democracy. I believe that they should have the opportunity to improve on the legislation as new technologies
1: keep coming on board, surfacing. Welcome to the Regulating AI podcast. Join host Sanjay Puri as he explores the dynamic and developing world of artificial intelligence governance. Each episode features deep dives with global leaders at the forefront of regulating AI responsibly, tackling the challenges using AI can bring about head-on and enabling balance without hindering innovation.
2: Welcome to the Regulating AI podcast. Artificial intelligence stands at the forefront of technological evolution, with experts predicting that it could add trillions of dollars to our GDP, but it could also negatively impact our workforce and our national security. So how do we regulate it without stifling innovation? Our podcast features insights from various perspectives, from industry leaders and government officials to advocacy groups. Together, they address pivotal questions that are needed to create practical legislation. I'm very excited to have Congresswoman Anna issue with us today. She represents California's 16th district in the House of Representatives. She's also the chair of the Congressional AI Caucus. She was also voted in the Time Magazine AI 100 list. I invited her on this show as her district represents some of the key companies driving AI in Silicon Valley. Welcome, Congresswoman. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Regulating AI podcast.
0: Thank you, Sanjay, for inviting me. I'm so pleased to be with you.
2: Great. Congresswoman, President Biden announced a sweeping executive order on October 30th. Our listeners would love to get your perspective on it.
0: Thank you again, Sanjay. Yes, the president did come out with a sweeping AI, a an executive order on AI, and I found it to be balanced, which I think is very good. I was especially pleased, though, to see the executive order a focus on several areas of ai policy that i've worked on now for several years the president's executive order directed the national science foundation to launch a pilot program that implements the national ai resor- research resource and i have legislation on that so to see my policy embedded in the executive order I think it's a compliment, obviously, but also the importance of the policy and the importance that Congress take it up because it's only Congress that can write the right statutes. The executive order, Sanjay, also directed relevant agencies to assess how the United States can mitigate biosecurity risks, and that includes deadly viruses So that is so important for our country. And I also have legislation in that uh, space as well. So overall, I think it's a comprehensive executive order, but we always need to keep in mind that executive orders can be unraveled by a new administration. So Congress has to write the statutes for this, and I'm working hard to get these measures over the finish line. Wonderful.
2: Congresswoman, you referred to the Create AI Act, which is an act you had put forward. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what's in the Create AI Act?
0: Yes. Well, first of all, I worked with Stanford University's Human Artificial Intelligence Center. They call it the HI, H-A-I, at Stanford. And I salute them for the work that they are doing there and the tremendous resource they have been relative to this legislation. I think I would suggest to people that are listening in to recall the meeting at the White House with our country's high-tech leadership being there. Certainly the majority leader of the Senate invited that leadership as well. Everyone should recall that was all the high-technology industry. And it's appropriate because the resources really rest In their hands. What the CREATE-AI Act does is to democratize artificial intelligence. We have more than one sector in this country. The medical sector was not included in those meetings. The academic sector of our nation was not reflected in that meeting. So, I could go on and on about all the various sectors, but that's what our society is comprised of. And so, This legislation, working with Stanford University's high center, as I said, it democratizes AI so that all sectors would be included in the research and in the resources, tremendous resources that are needed to produce good AI. So I'm proud of the legislation and I think that it's foundational.
2: Congressman, what do you see as the biggest risk from AI that need to be regulated.
0: I think that we often say that, I often say, that AI has such enormous promise, and it does, and it's very exciting, and we want to capture all of that. We don't want to do anything that gets in the way of the innovation that has brought forward so much, most of it out of my congressional district, which is a great source of pride to me. But if it's not managed properly, AI can not only exacerbate the inequities that exist in our society today, it has the capacity to certainly spread misinformation, threaten civil rights. And I'm also concerned about the confluence of, as I mentioned just a moment ago, AI and biosecurity and the risks that poses. Now, when people hear me pointing out where the risks are, both the promise and the peril They say, well, you know, this is going to be heavy handed legislation. I would remind everyone that in all of the areas that I just pointed out, we have successful laws on the books already. Civil rights laws. I could go on and on. So we have those laws in place. It's up to the agencies to be able to address the AI portion of it. On the biosecurity, my legislation is the artificial intelligence and biosecurity. Risk Assessment Act. And that also has some framework in the president's executive order and in my legislation in the House. So I look forward to addressing. We certainly have the capacity, Sanjay, to address the risks. Right. And I think many people, some people think that we're starting from scratch. We're not, as I said. We have very solid laws on the books that we can apply to AI, but we have to add another layer, and that is that on the public side, in order to address these risks, agencies have to be able to step up in their areas of jurisdiction. Congresswoman,
2: as you said, we have already existing laws, like you said, on discrimination and other things. Just AI is a constantly evolving technology. You know, we started with large language models. They've turned into multi-modal. We have now agents. People are now talking about AGI, which is Artificial General Intelligence. How is policy in Washington going to keep up with this constantly evolving technology? If you have something on the books today and things change, what is your perspective on that, Congresswoman?
0: I think that, first of all, I want to go back to my CREATE Act because I think it's so fundamental. It really develops, sets up a floor for all of this. I think that whatever we do in Congress should be the floor. It should be the floor. When Congress writes a major law, gets it into place, that takes time in and of itself. Everyone knows that. And that can be years in the making. Now, once the legislation becomes law, Congress does not go back to its committees Weeks and months later to see what's happened in the country and to continue incorporating, helping to incorporate those changes. So when I say a federal law should be the base and not the ceiling, you have to allow the states to add to it on a consistent basis. There are many people that are fond of saying that the states are the laboratories of democracy. I believe that they should have the opportunity. To improve on the legislation as new technologies keep coming on board, surfacing, they're going to enhance AI, keeping it safe, but keeping it on the cutting edge, then I think states should be able to add to that and keep moving up. If you do it the other way around, if it's just a federal law and states are not allowed to do that, it will become antiquated in a very short period of time.
2: That's a very interesting perspective. So what you're saying is the floor of the foundation the floor, is set yes. by the federal government and then states will do the incremental as things change.
0: And Sanjay, I should add to this that my committee in Congress, Energy and Commerce, has put forward major laws over mm-hmm. the years. And we have built in what I just described to you, and it has worked very well. On the medical side, on HIPAA, everyone's mm-hmm. heard of HIPAA. That's yep. working. It's working. So the floor and then
2: the ceiling. Congressman, there's a big debate right now on open source. There are companies like Meta and IBM who are saying they want to open source. Then you have Google, OpenAI, and Microsoft saying we want it closed source because they think it could get in the hands of bad guys. The open source camp says it's for innovation. What are your thoughts on open sourcing of some of these large language models?
0: I think that open source software has historically, anyway, provided a lot of benefits. But there are also some real concerns about the risks with open source AI. As I've stated, you know, said a few minutes ago, the confluence of AI and biosecurity is a serious risk. The number one responsibility as a member of Congress that I have when I raise my hand and take my oath of office, is to protect the national security, our nation's security. So we have to take that very seriously. And open source models increase, I believe, that risk. So it's really imperative for our country to mitigate the risk of AI being used to create new pathogens or bioweapons. We can't... It cannot look away from that. This is a top responsibility of ours. So I would say the following that, for one, but I think that there are many people that are looking forward to the results from the Department of Commerce's report on open source AI. I'm anxious to see that and analyze what they put forward because it's a critical
2: area. Congresswoman, we have a major election coming up in 2024. And there's a big concern about the use of deep fakes from either external sources, internal sources, etc. during this election. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about that? And what is Congress going to do about that?
0: Oh, I'm very concerned about it. I'm very concerned about it because it's not only election time, but certainly our elections are sacred. It is the most present manifestation of our democracy mm-hmm. that people have the power to vote. And there isn't what I have spent my adult life strengthening that system, broadening out that system so that everyone has access and that the vote obviously is protected. Where we're already, Sanjay, we're already seeing experiencing an information crisis for some time now. And I worry that deep fakes are going to exacerbate that by making it probably impossible to tell What's real or not? That's a huge threat. Yes. That's a huge threat that something looks, sounds totally authentic and we're duped by it. And that's why I'm working on a bill to address the deep fake content through both provenance and watermarking standards, because those can be manipulated. But I'm working on legislation to really get it up and running so that. It will be in place for the elections. And I think that will go a long, long way for the American people, regardless of how they're registered to vote, regardless of where they live in this country, they can be assured that what they're seeing, reading, what's being fed to them is actually authentic and not fake.
2: Well, that's good to know. So watermarking and provenance is something yes. that... Because Democracy, as you said, is very critical for us. Mm -hmm. Congressman, you worked a lot about all of your career in congressional life on innovation and talent. And reskilling of our workforce around the country is going to be a big issue, but also simultaneously attracting the best and the brightest from around the world in AI. What can Congress do about these two Reskilling existing workforce and making sure we can attract the best and brightest to keep the innovation for some of the companies that you represent. They need the best Mm -hmm. talent also.
0: They do. I'm so glad that you're asking this question, Sanjay, because it is front and center in my congressional district, which is, as you know, home to Silicon Valley. We need to reform high-skilled immigration, which is why I was an original co-sponsor of Keep STEM Talent Act of 2021. And that would exempt STEM graduates with job offers from green card backlogs. And the system is sadly a mess in plain English. Mm -hmm. And here we have extraordinary talent attracted, like a, a magnet, to come and study in the United States of America. I think those green cards should be stapled to their graduation papers. And that influx of talent, we want to hold the talent, not lose the talent. And it would allow for students to apply for this legislation, would allow students to I offer green cards without losing their student visa. I mean, we have steps to help people take a step forward, and then we have something that's punitive that pulls the individual back. This needs to be a clear and fair path. It's going to benefit our country enormously. And then, of course, all the domestic efforts relative to training a future workforce, a handful of years ago looking at the statistics of young people and what they were studying and what they were not, girls and young women not attracted to any of the areas in the STEM field. So it's science, math, mm-hmm. etc. And so I established, and it's only the second in the history of the Congress of a congressionally approved program. So it takes place in every single congressional district is an app challenge. And I'm just getting ready to announce the winners of the high school student that was chosen for the app that he designed. That's now taking place all over our country in every single congressional district and how proud I am of that. So I think that... We really have to be serious about this. There was an interviewer talking to me on the heels of my announcement that I would be retiring from the Congress next year when this Congress concludes. And he said, right now, what's the number one issue that you regret relative to Silicon Valley that has not been adopted? And I said, you're going to be surprised with my answer. It's immigration reform, because we know from experience what immigration brings to our country, and that is what refreshes us and builds on the hopefully sound policies we put in place in order to fill in the blank. And in this case, obviously, the future workforce. And this future workforce is not something that we can wait for another generation for. This is right around the corner and now. So that's how I would address the answer to your question, Sanjay. It's a long one, but I feel passionately about it.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. Congresswoman, you represent some of the biggest companies in AI in your district. There is a concern that there could be some kind of a monopolistic trend that happened in social media, you know, regulatory capture or things that AI gets consolidated in there. Are you concerned about Four or five large companies, you hear that constantly from people, that it could happen.
0: Well, Sanjay, I would address it this way. I would go back to my legislation that I worked so hard with Stanford University to bring forward, and that is the Create AI Act, Act. because that takes us in the fullest direction. This is not against anyone. This is about the bringing about the fullness of what AI represents. The high technology sector, of course, is essential in this. Yes. But can't they hold just about everything is in their hands right now? And that's why we, this needs to go out across all sectors in our country, all sectors. So it doesn't diminish their capacities for AI. We need that, but it needs to be democratized. And there has to be rules of the road in this. And you've more than touched on that with your questions of me.
1: Looking to make the most out of AI advancements and innovation? Visit regulatingai.org to learn more about how best to optimize the use and integration of AI. And sign up for the Regulating AI newsletter to keep up to date with the latest in AI governance and regulation.
2: Congresswoman, last question. We want to put a crystal ball in your hands and say, give us a timeline of when we'll have an AI bill passed in Congress. Or will we have a AI bill passed in this context?
0: My prediction is that there will be more than one one. I don't think that there is going to be a huge bill that speaks to all the areas that we've talked about today and many more. I think that watermarking and provenance around the whole issue of what is truth and what is fiction, what's fake, what's real has to be addressed. I think that all sectors need to be included in this. That's my Create AI Act. I think legislation on the risks of AI, the peril, we're going to have to deal with those issues that could affect, have an impact on our national security. So I think you'll, we'll see legislation in those key areas and there may be more, but that's my early prediction
2: so it'll be an incremental effort is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, it's incremental. Well, everything that we do is incremental. incremental. It really is. It's one bill at a time. Fair but much. what I'm suggesting is that there would be more than one AI bill that would speak to those key areas.
2: Wonderful. Congresswoman, thank you so very much thank for you, Sanjay. this great insight. And we'll continue to have a dialogue with you. And thanks for taking the time.
0: Thank you very much. And thank you to all of your listeners. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Regulating AI Innovate Responsibly podcast. You'll find links in the show notes to any resources mentioned on the show. If you're enjoying our podcast, please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review.